Recently on Disciples of the Eight, dinner with the spectacles was interrupted by none other than Jinnabon, the leader of the Eight. He came to bring news that the king knows that the disciples are alive, and that someone is after his starstones, but he has yet to connect the dots. Also, Asmodeus takes offense at their continued existence and has sent his daughter to rectify the situation. He also gives them a new quest to find a man with golden eyes that no one can remember to ask about the next key. Arome is pulled aside by a few of the wizards to share her story and make sure that the details line up with what is expected. And she was surprised to learn they may know exactly who she is. They all go to bed with a lot on their minds, but first things first the next day is they have some shopping to do to prepare for the next leg of their journey. You notice a little bit further down from you, two doors open and out of one steps a very, very curvy, almost lithe and very feminine looking dragonborn man, followed closely by Tim. And from the door next to that comes Mike. Tim, so did you all hear about about the craziness that happened last night? Tim immediately kind of looks at you like deer in a headlights. <laughs> and then just looks out the window. <laughs> Not that. <laughs> Whew, good, I was afraid there were thin walls. <laughs> and you hear just a from the dragonborn man as he walks a little bit quicker down the hallway. <laughs> and Rome is just going to respond. Not as thin as there are at the at your end. Hey, shrugs. <laughs> and Mike goes, "Hey, we paid good money for that insulation." <laughs> what uh, what color is Tim's new friend? It's hard to tell. The light is kind of wonky, and he's got a fairly full body robe on. Uh, but it's he's either red or copper. You're not 100 percent sure though. Cool. Mike is just kind of in a very heated exchange with Callie. He sees you guys, and he does a quick head count, and he looks back at Callie. Does this have anything to do with Linguini? And don't get ahead of the story. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, is it Callie or Michaela? Sorry, Michaela. Sorry. Yeah, I was about to say, wait, when did she get here? (laughs) My bad, Michaela. (laughs) Okay. He looks at you, and he goes, where's your cook? Oh, no. Um... I'm not sure if I knew I would tell you unless, yeah, nothing like to tell you right now with how angry you are. So what's happened? And he just yes. looks at you and he looks at his daughter and he looks at you. Uh-huh. And he looks back at his daughter. I'm getting an idea. And he sighs and he goes, I'm only 60. I don't know that I'm ready to be a grandfather. Anybody? Well, it seems like a conversation. And at that, Michaela kind of draws herself up. She's got the dwarf stock in her, so she's a little bit brawnier than her dad, but she's still a, a kid. And she looks down at him and she goes, It was one time I'm not even pregnant. And what? Right. Right back into the bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) It slams the door and he puts his head in his hand. He goes, I know that could have gone better. Uh I don't know that I could have done it any better, but I am confident that that could have gone better. 
Those statements are accurate. <sighs> I don't think anyone's really prepared for becoming a grandparent. And Romy just kind of gets this like momentary disturbed look and just like shakes her head. <laughs> he looks at the group and he goes, he talks like an elf. I can't have a son-in-law that talks like an elf. It'll destroy my credibility. As a... Oh, you have not met any elves yet, have you, good sir? Nope. <laughs> oh, there's that half one over there. Hello. And that really dark one. This is not as bad as the elves we ran into earlier. My invisible boyfriend. <laughs> and his kind of at that time, all the doors opening and closing, a very satisfied and relaxed looking Linguini steps into the hallway takes one look. Who is looking past Mike and Tim's doors? I, oh, yes. I try to come <laughs> to back inside. You, you guys hear yeah. the door open? You, <laughs> no. Nope, you don't I see anything. I can't save him. It's like, anybody that's just kind of looking that way sees it. He's not being sneaky. He's just got the walk. You guys all know the walk I'm talking about. <laughs> and he opens the door and he looks over and he sees Mike. Tim is looking at him over Mike's shoulder and Tim just really quickly shakes his head no and he just immediately steps backward and closes his door has anyone explained to you how we found him shut I don't know yes I've heard don't care please don't kill him Look, I swear I girl but at some point I don't know, they gotta fuck off. Look, okay, you sound like her mother and I don't need your shit right now. <laughs> I'm just gonna ask the guy, are are you are you a god by chance? Or who are you asking that to, Mike or Tim? <laughs> the uh, uh the dude that's here for uh the cook. What's the reputation? Oh, uh, Mike? No. Mike. <laughs> no. Um, okay. okay. As long as you're not a god, Mike, I'm going to need you to um, move. It's very crowded in this hallway right now. Hard to breathe. <laughs> Tim giggles a little bit. Tim is in his uh, his murderer attire. He's in that, that outfit that Tim just kind of drink in all the light. And he kind of cocks his head. Don't we still pay you? Oh, you pay me. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> they start really digging into how he talks to his own daughter. Chuck three gold at breakfast. I'm like, I'll take some into weather again. It's breakfast. I'm, gone. I'm done with this conversation. <laughs> not a place for me. just going to look at Mike and be like, you're not going to kill him, are you? No. Promise of your word. As he says that, he kind of hangs his head and he walks past his door down a, a, another door. He walks up to Linguini's door and, and taps on it. We're always going to stay and watch this just in case. <laughs> the door opens and he, you're able to see Linguini with a good bit of trepidation kind of slowly open the door and look down. And Mike just shot, sigh and stand, put his hand out. We apparently need to talk about things. May I? Hmm. Now you committed, Linguini. Mike walks into his room as Linguini kind of steps back and he looks at you guys, gives you a very timid smile, and closes the door. 
Rome just gives him a friendly nod. Also, I don't know if I mentioned it. At some point before we got here, she did pass the trace app off to him and like explain how to use it and all that. Oh, Help gotcha. The, yeah. For all of his scars from his beatings. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's still a kid. Her scars aren't that bad and she kind of deserved it. So. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll keep that in mind. It was like, had like been used like twice, maybe. Yeah, yeah, you still had a, a several, a bunch of uses, so I'm not, I'm not too stressed. Okay, so Tim is in the hallway, and Tim is just full on belly laughing at this point, and he's kind of wandering down the hallway. He hits a corridor, and you guys hear him go bar, and then poof, and he's gone. That man <laughs> has the right idea. Sensing all this rising tension, Vikros kind of slinks away from the conversation, and. Um, <sighs> Goes to see if Icky wants to uh, join us. So I'll go knock on Icky's door. Come in. Icky, good morning. Hi. You can see he's busy on his little mobile workbench, and Wall's kind of standing over him holding a couple of uh, plates of metal in place. Well, good morning as well. Uh, We're we're about to head out, maybe do a bit of shopping. Did did you guys want to come along, or should we pick you anything up? If you could find any uh, white dragon scales, that'd be nice, and I'll throw you a sack of gold. I'll keep an eye out. Uh, there is 5,000 gold in that sack. Oh, dear God. <laughs> <laughs> of course there is. That's pretty fucking heavy. Uh, okay, I'll... Yes. White dragon scales. Maybe approximately how many? Oh, if you could find... Several, as many as you can find. The more, the better. Very well. Oh, okay. Close the door on the way out. As you wish, and I lug this giant fucking sack out. <laughs> what have you got there, Vikros? <laughs> like the mask after you robbed the fucking bank. <laughs> and here, Vikros is with a big bag of gold and no pants. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to try and strap it on my belt, or else I will become the gross pantsless. So, uh, yes, well, Icky is busy, so he asked if while we're out, we can keep an eye out for white dragon scales. Oh, no. You don't just become the gross pantsless, you are. When that happened, you're just assuming you're true. <laughs> <laughs> you're leaning against the wall, giggling. For a while, now, she's just been, like, giggling, leaned against the wall. So much shenanigans. Well, at least someone's happy. Do we get breakfast here, or do we want to see what we can find out in the city? Is breakfast here complimentary? There's breakfast in the city, but we have breakfast at home. Is it complimentary? Um, um, where it is at? Pretty food is good. I'm gonna jingle this giant bag of coins and say, "You don't have to worry about it." Five thousand. <laughs> As long as we find cities to have our fighters get in fights in, that's all of our money. We could keep doubling it, tripling it. There's one here. It's going to take some time to get into it, but yeah, let's let's go get some breakfast and see what we can find in terms of warm clothing. All right, I'm gonna pull out my parka before we go, and then we go. Is is that going to be uh, provided? By the contract holders, or am I going to have to spend my money on these? Uh... Uh, you will have to spend your money on clothing. Mm, so I negotiated poorly. I see. 
You didn't know no better. Yeah. It's a big world. Came from a tree. As you guys start to head out, the door opens back up, and Mike sticks his head out the door, and he goes, Magdar! <laughs> he takes a bag, and he throws it at you. Give me a uh, dex. You don't catch it, but you do stop it from going any farther. It hits you just kind of square in the chest and falls to the ground. And he goes, 20 gold for the trip plus 15 for battle pay. You're no longer on my books. Don't come back to my ship. Now I'll get out of your fucking way. Okay. <laughs> oh shit, close the door. Just can. <laughs> it's like someone's in need of employment. Yeah, okay. Alright, thanks for nothing, Dick. Sounds like you're in the need of a job. Yeah. Sounds like someone can pay for their own breakfast. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 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 Um, Mrs. Gonna eat breakfast in the tower. He has to go to the lab to continue his work. Okay. And yeah, if Romy, she's still wearing her face covering out of habit, but it's not as like tight. She's probably not gonna fidget with it as much as she usually does. Just it's habit. She feels real weird without it. Okay. Were you guys getting breakfast in the tower, or were you going out of the town? I think we decided out in the town. Because we got money. You kind of see a couple of wizards walking by. They hear the conversation. They go, well, did they tell you how to leave? No, they neglected to mention that. Okay, well, it's very simple. Say front door or out. And then proceed. It might be safer to say front Thank you. Now the clear the better. I will say... I do so. Front door as well. Okay. So front door and yeah. Front door, no. front door, front door. Everybody saying front door. Mm-hmm. No one's brave enough for out. Come on. Actar's saying because that's what I really want to know what happens. <laughs> you want to know that? <laughs> Did anyone say out? Just for the record, I don't think so. The no. wall. The wall is my uh, workbench. Wall, wall is yeah. Wall is apparently out. the workbench. Okay, so if no one sent out, everyone is teleported to the coping of the front door, and you are free to go adventure out to the city. Okay, so you guys are just above where Linguini's picture is, and you know, uh, just kind of from the description you got on the way in, you can go down to the docks for some shops, but the ward names are pretty set for what you're going to find there. Uh, the market's going to be your best bet. That's going to be just kind of an open-air market. It's going to have a little bit of everything. Great Swords Borough, lots of guardsmen are going to live there. There's going to be more armorers and weaponsmithies there. Where you're clicking at, it's the Arcanist's Farthing. So that's going to be the main magic hub. Crimson Fair Ward is just a housing area. Hearts Shard there, same. The Crystalford Borough has got a lot of alchemist shit. And south of Lions District and Brookboro is going to have, uh, again, kind of just your hodgepodge of everything. I feel like Artemis has already started walking towards the greatest source of arcane energy. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, he wants that breakfast too much. I'm eating the breakfast in the tower, and then I'm going to go back to the lab, like Icky, I'm working on Uh, Perhaps, maybe, like, sort of start in the docks, and then just kind of, like, work our way around. So you're going to go down to the docks and then just kind of work your way up? Yeah, because I feel like docks would be a good place to find food as well. You kind of come down to the dock ward. Are are you staying in the inner city or are you going to the outer city? I would like to follow my nose and see if I can't find any good 
like street street vendors or maybe a good bakery that's for us on upcoming morning. Okay, go ahead then and give me a perception check, and we'll see what you can find. So it's not the tower proper, but once you get down, basically at where his toes are, as you get to the wall, you get to a little opening. There's a ton of vendors around there. Uh, you notice a couple of uh, full-fledged restaurants, a couple of carts selling baked goods, uh, and stalls selling all kinds of stuff. Ladies, Magdar, I believe you found what we're looking for. Oh, wonderful. I concur and go find food. <laughs> I eat honey out of my hammer. You just start licking your hammer? <laughs> <laughs> sure. While making steady eye contact with somebody. <laughs> Like a giant Tootsie Pop. Oh, one. A two. <laughs> How affected am I by the cold weather? It's not as bad now that you're not up high, but it is still uncomfortably cold, and you're pretty confident if you're going to need to go out and do anything outside of the walls where the wind's going to actually get you, you're going to want some cold weather here. Clothes that are warm, does that count as armor? No, no. It'll just be for you just covering Okay, yeah, so I'm just going to go to the clothing vendor and uh, get myself set up with some warm weather gear. If he's looking for, like, a shop for clothing, I'd, I'd like to help him out. Yes, I say, are we splitting up to go shopping, or are we all just kind of, like, moving in a mob? Oh, hey, I want to go here, and then everyone follows. Oh, hey, I want to go here, everyone follows. Oh, we should definitely move as a horde through the city. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I second that. <laughs> it's only because one of you is carrying a huge sack of gold. Also, not gonna lie, as we're walking around Rome's, she's looking to see if there's anyone that she recognizes, but not in the are they gonna kill me method, but in the is it, did anyone I know make it out? It's a big city, and I know there's not a whole lot of them, but she's still looking. Yeah, right, and it's not like there's every other one is, is a dark elf, but there, there's enough that you being there doesn't cause comment, but at a glance, you don't see it. Okay. Yeah, right now she's mostly just keeping her face covered because it's cold. You guys are able to, uh, even in uh, just kind of staying in that little dock district, you're pretty close to the river, ships parked uh, at docks every, you know, so often. You're able to find a clothing store not far from where you ate breakfast. It looks like everything is pretty reasonably priced. It looks like, with the exception of Magdar, and that's just because he's such a huge individual, most of you can get your warm or cold weather gear uh, for eight gold piece an outfit. And these are kind of top of the line. They've got the big rabbit fur tucked in boots. They've got thick elk and reindeer hide jackets to hold the cold out. Very, very good stuff. Magdar, with your size, it looks like it's going to cost you about 12 bucks, or 12 gold just because the extra to get you taken care of. Okay. Artemis will get you back. He only gave me three gold. <laughs> <laughs> Is everybody just paying up? Nobody wants to haggle? Because if so, I'm all for it. <laughs> it's not really a whole lot, but like, I have 600 gold. I'm feeling like rich as fuck, so I'm not even <laughs> That's right. I forgot you all spent a fucking ridiculous amount of money on that fight. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> already. And I'm a druid. I don't really buy a whole lot of things. Oh, Icky, whatever you're doing, you did great at it. <laughs> yeah, Aroma doesn't feel the need to haggle, and she's just like, it's probably nicer than anything she's ever worn. 
uh, all very well made. It doesn't seem to kind of inhibit your movement. It, it goes well over your armor, uh, but still keeps you warm. Uh, so nobody gives up any AC for that. And you guys are fairly well outfitted in order to go out and run amok in the tundra. Can I make sure to have snowshoes and spikes and, like, I know we had an outfit set, but I'm going to make sure we have, like, some actual, like, specifically climbing gear stuff. You want, like, a specific, we're going out in the middle of all of this fuckery, and we would like stuff to go with it. Yeah, I'm a wilderness kind of gal. Okay, I'm down for that. Hang on one sec. Let me pull that up. I actually have that up in the tab. Okay. You kind of ask around. This is strictly a clothing shop. But down the way, he kind of points you, especially because you've just given them so much business. He points you guys in the right direction of a ski shop and gets you heading the right way. It's just a couple blocks down the road. It is still on the inner side of the gate. And he says you're looking for skis a lot. Thank you. Good old skeezel. <laughs> Give him a silver for the uh, direction and a tip, and then scoop my way over there. And the rest of us follow. Imagine now that we have warm clothes, we're in less of a penguin huddle, but I imagine kind of on the way over here, we just subconsciously penguin huddle. Formation. Some of you may have had experience with cold before, but Magdar has spent his entire life living off of the coast uh, for a short while, and before that, in a rainforest, in the hot, hot rainforest. So mm-hmm. I am sure he is having a great time in this frozen hell. <laughs> I imagined myself in the center of the huddle, being very tall, and just looking around, completely not trusting anything around me at all. Oh my gosh! I'm not the paranoid one for once. <laughs> Uh, Vikros, where are you on the huddle? Well, AD would be leading right now. I put Magdar in the middle. I'll be on the left flank. Okay, so you're you're kind of out in the street proper. Everybody, give me a round of perception checks. Oh, for the love of <laughs> dear God! All right. I rolled a I rolled a one, so plus four. That's five. Okie doke. Okay, so we've got who's got above a seventeen. Okay, you've got an 18. You notice there is a group of children that seem to be kind of pacing you. You're not sure if it's the same kids every time, but you do notice that there does appear to be children that are at least keeping you in eyesight at all times. So I'm going to note that and then kind of move my hand as subtly as possible closer to my coin purse, and then I'm going to elbow Vicros only because I know it's Icky's money that he's holding on to. <laughs> oh, right, right. I, I catch your drift. I'll double my efforts to keep it close. And then I continue forward in search of my stuff. Like I said, it's only a, 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 a like a block and a half, two blocks away, so it takes you a second to get there. But you go in and there's all ra- uh, manners of skis, there's snowshoes, there's some sleds and dog harness if you got uh, for what looks to be a racing team, slightly larger harness for a horse possibly reindeer or elk if those have been tamed. Who all wants a set of snowshoes? Oh. If Romy sees the, dru- the druid, the one who knows about nature stuff, getting snowshoes, she's probably also going to get snowshoes. Yeah, hey, I think that's a good idea. That yeah. being said, this is also the druid who has very adamantly said they don't like the cold and not used to being here. 
Nobody's happy. <laughs> One set of snowshoes is going to be three gold. He'll catch a, a deal because he's going to have to on Magdar. He got him in size 36. I said because he's going to have to cannibalize a couple. The snowshoes for a single pair are four gold. Magdar, he'll make you yours for five. Ranger that. Magdar, if you want the snowshoes, he does tell you he can either have them shipped to the tower for you or you can come back and get them uh, later today. Okay. I'll also pick up a set for Artemis and I'll pick up a, a kid size for Icky. Okay. <laughs> we should also see if we can talk to somebody local about maybe trying to get something for Wall so he doesn't immediately crash through soft snow. Wait, I feel like Wall could just plow through it and be okay. Icky. So yeah. just one pair for Artemis. If there's snow, Icky's going to stay on Wall. Yeah. I'll start putting Icky down. Because <laughs> that's the easiest way to lose him. Just like drop him in his pool. Where did he go? <laughs> yeah, you just, like, if it's like really deep snow, it's just like Wall's head, like, going through the, like a shark fin and Icky, like, standing on top of it. <laughs> I, I just, I, I'm just watching Jack Sparrow ride that boat, yes. the very first one in the port. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. And the rest of us are basically like conga line behind them. <laughs> We're going up the mountain. Somebody grab my butt. <laughs> Great. Uh, I want to make sure that I also get climbing gear and tying or whatever it takes to... Oh, uh, yeah, you can get... Uh, That's uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can. You're able to get another set of climbing gear. You've already got like a set and a half from just kind of left over from what you shook off of. Uh... Yeah, I'll like replace pieces that were not as good with like better set or whatever. Yeah, you're you're able to do so. Uh, it costs the about... stuff that the dragon dropped when they when it flew away with that one fighter. Yeah, with the, I can't, Ish, Ishmael. That's his name. I think it was like. Samuel or something? Samuel, that's what it was. Sorry, I knew yeah. it was. I knew it was one of the characters from that book series. I just couldn't remember which one it was. Yeah, Samuel, you're correct. Uh, instead of it being the ten gold that normally is, you're able to put together for about four. Okay. And so, just update your. You just go ahead and mark, mark mark down on there. You've got a full another climbing kit. Okay, so how long is he saying it's going to take to finish my gear? He's pretty confident he should have them done by the end of the day. You're able to get most of what you needed for clothes. Uh, cold weather clothes, mm-hmm. uh, but the same for for him. They're like a, you're able to get a a shirt to help with it, which you're okay in the city with. Your jacket will have to be hemmed together or sewed together from a couple of jackets, though. Uh, and he's uh, same thing for the clothes. He's uh, offered to send it to the tower for you. Okay. You trust them enough? I mean, I guess eventually this town is going to make me unhinge, and their heads will be the first ones to get ripped from their <laughs> bodies or whatever. So. <laughs> yeah, face I, I, you guys I trust <laughs> Just muttering under her breath and under comment about how I'm surrounded by a bunch of children. <laughs> so yeah, you guys uh, leave there. Uh, was there anywhere else you would like to go? You, I know that you were looking for magic stuff for Artemis. And Romay also kind of wants to stop by the temple to Helm, but that doesn't have to be with everyone. Also, that is a very happy kitty. Icky's request as well. And, uh, apothecary. If you guys remember, the Unicorn's Ward uh, is where the tower is. That's Mm -hmm. also where most of the temples and churches are. So you'll be able to find 
Have they started construction on the uh, temple for the eight yet? You guys have actually noticed that uh, it seems to have spread from the tower. You guys have heard kind of frantic conversation that a god visited town. Random mumblings of eight, but it, you're, uh, you've heard it. Eight gods showed up. No, it was one god with eight bodies, and it's just kind of all convoluted. But at least the, the, the general populace of what you've seen this morning, uh, which appears to be a lot of tower workers and you know, the butlers, the maids, the cleaners, servants of the tower, are out and about talking about it in the city. So you're, you're pretty confident that it will spread. I imagine that both Harobi and AD are once was like, no, it's one, it's one god, one of the eight, because the eight are great and everyone else can suck it. Actually, no, <laughs> probably the doesn't finish thing that. In life. If Rome doesn't finish that part, because <laughs> she's it's okay. Every hard. time she doesn't finish it, I'll pop over and just be like, and everyone else can suck it. Blasphemous <laughs> if you don't add that part. I feel like it'd be more blasphemous for Rome if she did finish it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it would do well for her to tell her god to go suck it. Just start car sales winning it. Is there a vendor that sells trinkets? Like mayors? Oh, sorry. Wrong podcast. <laughs> You're looking for just like tchotchke stuff, like talismans and stuff like that? Yes, correct. You see like little souvenir shops. Is there any, uh, you see some jewelry shops? What exactly are you looking for to kind of help narrow it down for you? Uh, I guess I'd say... Uh... A memento to symbolize your nature of this place. <laughs> well, yeah, pretty much. Just something to take with me, uh... The equivalent of a snow globe. Yeah, yeah, you're able to find, uh, uh, just basically, just past the towers, you guys are making your way up to the Magic District. You're able to cross the over a bridge here, and as you kind of come off, there's a big, bigger dock up this way. You're able to find a shop that sells all kinds of, yeah, basically a precious moment shop. <laughs> <laughs> it's got the standard, my friend went to the Northern Tundras, and all I got was this stupid shirt. <laughs> uh, okay, so, um, probably like a cup or like a goblet. A keychain. Tell you what, give me a D100 roll, and we'll see what type of mead goblet you can find, good sir. Um, you could collect shot glasses. Okay. All right, let's see. Uh, that pulls up the shop generator. Hang on. I, I kind of hope it has one of those fancy lids on it that you toggle with your thumb. Uh, yeah, oh, like a Stein? <laughs> like a Stein? Like a German Stein? That's what you're looking for? What's <laughs> fudge? You don't worry about that. Uh, so you are able to find <laughs> about a nine inch long, almost perfectly straight, slightly spiraled horn. And you were informed that it comes from an odd beast called a narwhal. No, okay. That's fantastic. That sounds awesome. And uh, the shopkeeper goes, oh, yes. So for, for a horn from the unicorn of the sea, it's the mere price of 45 gold. 45. I mean, that, that, that sounds like a lot. Most of it's not even there anymore from the horn itself, right? Because you hollowed it out. So right. Do you have any idea how hard a unicorn is to catch? Now imagine it being underwater. Even more difficult. <laughs> okay, alright. 45, you say, huh? Okay, how about 40? Let's go 40. 40's fair. 40, it's a nice round number. His eyes light up, and as you say 40, his hand shoots out. Give a good deal. 
you've got an eye for the magnificent. And he hands you the horn, and he takes your money and, and, and ushers you out. Fantastic. Thank you, sir. And now I'm just going to use, um, let's see, I have like 50 feet of rope here. So I'm just going to use a length of it to tie it around the big end of the horn and strap it to my waist. Uh, it actually uh, has a white leather strap. Does it? So you're able to kind of put that on and get it situated. I'm just going to strap it to my belt and kind of just like walk with it out so that people's eyes are drawn to it. I'm so proud of it being there. Go ahead and give me a perception check. I was just sitting there thinking probably just got ripped off. But she's not going to say anything. You notice that a lot of people are looking and they are giggling as they look away. <laughs> uh, shit. Why? Do, it, do any of the rest of us notice that people are basically laughing at Magdor? You are welcome to give me perception checks to, to see. That's much better. That'd be a 22. Yep, you notice that people are definitely taking a giggle at Magdor. And you also notice that it didn't really start until he strapped on his, his narwhal tusk. I don't think that's having the impression you want it to. But as long as this makes you happy, I don't judge. She just keeps walking. I think it's cool. Let's move on. Uh, I needed to put some white dragon scales. Maybe uh, the cookboard burrow might. I don't know. Let's try there. It takes you guys uh, about an hour to get across the inner city, uh, then about another 20 minutes to get into the South Arcanist's Farthing. You kind of start that way, and there are all manner of shops. There are potion shops, there's apothecaries, there's uh, spellbook stores, wands and staves, and fucking everything you can think of is for sale here, and it's just kind of where you like to go. Give me a D10 roll, whoever's leading the charge in there and that will determine what shop you go to. All right, a D10 gets you to the Dragon's Fall. That sounds exactly like the shop we need to head to. Come on, guys. It takes some asking around to find. Like, you, you tell someone what they what you're looking for, and, and you ask around, and, and another person hears it. And while I'm explaining this, AD, give me another perception check. Yeah. You're directed down uh, off of the main path to a smaller back alley. It's hard to see, but the main kind of shopping center is here between South and Arcanist on the map. You guys are going to wind up basically in the middle of the sea. You're able to notice the same pack of children is still following you. They haven't, don't appear to have gotten any closer, but they're definitely hanging out. Alright. I'm going to note that. Are you going to share this at all? Maybe when we, uh, get to the next shop and we're inside I might decide to uh, disclose this information you wind up in what appears to be a very rundown alley but as you come up to a sign pretty much exactly how the name sounds uh, dragon falling back first with the wings pointed upwards straight to the ground you walk in and behind the counter sits a rather well put together man he's not fancily dressed but he's well dressed and the shop is much larger on the outside than it appeared to be on the inside. And go ahead and give me a couple of perception checks to everybody. I have to write a note that it's bigger on the inside. Not 20. It looks like the, the shop front was broken up into several shops, and it's actually just one large shop, so it doesn't look like there's any type of magical adjustment to the inside of the shop. It's just a much larger shop than it appeared to be. Oh, it's just a basic 
Jesus, hell and high water. Y'all rolled amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, My dice like me sometimes. So uh, behind the counter is a... Uh, he appears to be elvish. He's got almost white skin. So pale skin that you can see the veins coursing through his face and his neck. Everywhere there's a spinning that's exposed, you can see the veins. Very slim, very well built, very well put together, incredibly handsome, with stark silver hair and silver eyes. As, as the, the group walks in, he kind of cocks his head and he looks at the group and he goes, kind of picks his hands up and he, hmm. Well, that one's a druid. Hello. That one's a paladin. And none of the rest of you have any magical aptitude at all. Uh, sounds right. Thank you. (laughs) He looks at you and he speaks to you in Goblin. And it's the exact cadence and pattern that your own tribe uses. And he greets you with, It's good to see that the blood has expanded the horizons and welcome to the world. Is that me? That's to you. That's he's talking to me. Like I said, it is in the exact cadence and the word structure is exactly what your tribe would use. So it is a it, obvious that he knows quite a bit about you. Would I be aware of any like stories in our in my history of somebody an outsider or something? Go ahead and give me a history check. And we'll see if you can remember any stories about a gentleman that looked like this in your lifetime. Uh, you remember hearing stories of elves. You didn't really pay attention. It didn't have a whole lot to do with murder and drinking. So you didn't pay a ton of attention. You may have kind of vaguely remember something about an elf with silver hair, but nothing really stands out to you. Right. Okay. So I'll just, in the same dialect, I'll say to him, uh, I've heard of those that could speak our language but never thought I'd meet one. And he nods his head. Well, it's been quite some time since I visited the Blood Vale. It's good to see that the call rings strong and you're still around. Hmm. If only under better circumstances. And at that he just nods. Were that not the case for all of us? Mm-hmm. The rest of the party, you guys are... This is the first elf, even since we've talked, that you have met that does not have that very, very distinctive elven dialect. We're always amused by this. But uh, to also be fair, as far as I can remember, this is the first moon elf that you guys have met. Yeah. Pretty much just been wood elves. Yeah, so uh, mainly wood elves, so you could kind of file that around. I don't know if anybody... Elves are kind of a dying breed in the land. They're still very plentiful, but they tend to stick to themselves. Think very much Middle Earth type of elves. They're around, but they're not. Mm-hmm. Like all the spies for the military. They're around, but they're not. <laughs> <laughs> Those damn swamp elves coming around here take all our stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he, he kind of snaps out of it and looks back around at the, the, the rest of the group and he goes, what brings you to the Dragon's Fall? Well, uh, an associate of ours was, he's a craftsman, and he's looking for white dragon scales. He did say, the bigger, the better. Hmm. Did he say that? 
<laughs> you were not part of that conversation. <laughs> no, it's like the, the player does not remember hearing that. No, I thought I thought he said the bigger or the more. He said the more. Okay. But none of us were there, so we can't so. correct him. <laughs> Shit. No, I actually said this to him, not keying my microphone after the fact. Oh, okay. I see. He looks at you and he, well, the larger the more expensive because the older the dragon when it died. How large is large? The biggest you've got, and I'll just slam that coin purse on the desk. He looks and he goes, that's probably going to be more than enough. Unless you're going to give me a rather handsome commission for finding these scales, <laughs> you'll have some left over. Very good. Give me a moment. And he steps back. He opens the door behind him, steps through. Uh, as the door opens, you notice it's just solid black. You can't really see anything. Uh, a few moments pass. Uh, the door opens back up, and he comes back out. And he sets out. Uh, give me a D12 roll. Okay. He sets out nine dinner plate-sized white dragon scales. Oh, bad. Awful pretty there. Those are quite nice. One should do the trick, but two wouldn't be a bad idea. I don't know how or what he crafts if something goes wrong. He looks down and he goes, These are from the tyrant dragon Nyaverentid, killed on this tundra. He was something of a legend, also known as the White Death and the Bringer of the Ice. Well, he done that. Two scales of this size, 300 gold apiece. 300, you say? Well, I should have been a little bit more specific with Icky, but I know how he is. I don't want to disappoint him. Could I take the lot? You say the lot? <laughs> yes, all nine. <laughs> His eyes kind of glint. And he looks at you and he goes, I tell you what, for all nine, 2,400, and I get to meet your artisan friend. Very well. I think you would, uh, I think you would be fine with the meeting. He nods. He's an interesting one. Just a heads up. He goes, good. Bring him here. He may collect them and have him bring the gold himself. Not that I have an issue with intermediaries, it's not that you don't seem the upstanding sort, but I must make sure that these are being used for the right reason before I'm willing to sell them. I guess I could see where you're coming from there. <laughs> Just remember the artist is the artist. I want to ask him in that goblin dialect, uh? why? Why what? Why won't you let us just buy them? Like, why do you need... Basically, why are you hassling us, bro? The why and the how of what I have is my business alone. But the why I won't give them is as I stated. With these, great good or great evil can be done. And it is my job to ensure that no evil befalls our fair city. Okay, so I like these people. So, you know, if you mean to do something underhanded, I'm not, I'm not going to let you, man. Hmm. Roll insight for me to see how he responds to that. Oh, not poorly. Really. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
In the meantime, the people who have no idea what's being said, I I'm going to tell them about the kids that have been following us. Okay, yeah, uh, do that. Give me a minute. I, I, I need to get this response correct. Is it that group over there that Roma says? She's, like, not really... She's, like, pointing very subtly and, descri like, describes some of them. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the one. Been trailing us for a couple blocks now, store to store. Not that uncommon uh, in a major city, I imagine. They're either going to be... Uh, beggars or, or thieves or they're watchers which also means somebody wants to watch our group well to be some of the people they're staying with or perhaps the kids or children are interested because we're different or new Vikros was not offended by the this vendor's request so he's going to take his backpack put it on New York City traveler style backwards on his chest and put Icky's gold back into it. Okay. Still deciding how bad the actor is about to get his ass chewed? I uh, know, it's... <sighs> so, uh, saying that, he, you see that for a moment he is kind of taken aback. He, he, he appears to have taken it as an insult that you, you would question him. And he, he is incredibly annoyed and the rest of the party, go ahead and give me... You guys can't see what's going on, but go ahead and give me perception checks. Because with, with that seven, Magdar doesn't read a whole lot into it. Thank you for joining us, and stay tuned next week to find out what happens on Disciples of the Eight. If you don't want to wait, you can get early access to our episodes over at patreon.com slash pseudonymsocial. If you like our show, please consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcasting app so people can know where to find us. We couldn't do this without your help. Disciples of the Eight is a production of Pseudonym Social, changing reality one story at a time. It is deemed by the amazing Bob Tedwell and produced by me, Brianna Toybert, with music by Patrick Chester of Chester Studios. We have Brock as Icky, Ryan as Wall, Matt as Vicros, Spencer as Artemis, Cash as Magdar, Kara as the Anonymous Druid, and myself as Arome. To get more information on this or any of our other shows, check out our website at pseudonymsocial.com dot wordpress.com